Thank you so much. I appreciate that good singing. I want you to open your Bibles again to this passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 25. It is a familiar passage of Scripture. And I'm going to preach this morning on the subject, living the life God has given you. Living the life God has given you. You're like me, you're sitting real still. Nobody dislikes heat any more than I do. <laughs> Some of you, you're sitting still hoping that a breeze will come your way pretty soon. <laughs> uh, we're blessed people. In fact, we're so blessed we're almost spoiled, aren't we? I want us to pray and then we'll go into the message this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege to be together as God's people. Lord, we think back to the days of the New Testament, there were no buildings at all. And folks met in various places outside. Lord, under coverings, eventually in houses and later in buildings. And Lord, we've been reminded of so many things during this year of change and uncertainty. Lord, we've been reminded what the church really is. It is not a structure. It is not a building. It is your people. We've been reminded of our blessings that we enjoy so much each day, especially when we are taken away from a comfort or something that we enjoy doing. Lord, I pray that you'd bless in power the preaching of your word this morning. I pray that our distractions would be ignored as much as we can. And Lord, we would attempt to hear the truth that we could take home today if we would hear with the intention to obey whatever it is that the Word of God says. It will help us to take something good and helpful home with us today. Fill me with your Spirit, I pray. Bless those here under the tent, and the many hundreds and thousands of folks that watch online. I pray that you'd bless as the message is heard in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 25 is a parable. It is a story. It's an earthly story with a spiritual meaning. It is a story of three men that are called before their master, before he takes his journey. And he said, I'm going to give, uh, the first one, I'm going to give you five talents and the other two talents and the third one. You know the story. It's a simple and a familiar story. But the purpose of the story was to be to the local church that's to be busy about the Father's business between the time of Christ's ascension and the Lord's return. I believe that the Lord Jesus could return today. I believe he could return now. I look forward to the return of the Lord Jesus. This parable is a parable of accountability. It is a parable of responsibility. They were given five talents. And another word I want to give you for the word talent is the word opportunity. They were given opportunities to work. They were given opportunities to serve. And before the master left, he said, I want to give each of you opportunity according to your ability. And when I come back, I'll see how you've done with the opportunities that you have been given. The story is for the purpose of the church being busy with the gospel between the time of his ascension and the Lord's return. 
He has given the church collectively a responsibility. He has given each of us opportunity, responsibility, as is pictured by the talents here. And we're going to give an account for how we use the talent, how we use the ability that God has given to us. I want you to notice what the Bible says in verse number 22. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. I have gained two other talents beside them. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I know thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, that was an excuse by the way, those three were, a letter, or words are underlined in my Bible, and the word excuse written there. I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Notice verse 28. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. God doesn't run a program to award the lazy. God blesses those that work. God blesses those that serve. In fact, the one talent that the man had, his opportunity was taken away and it was given to another that would use it and would multiply the opportunity and the talent that he had. And that's the way it's going to be when we stand before the Lord. One who has been faithful in his service for God will not lose talent and be given to those who have not been faithful in their service for the Lord. They'll simply stand there empty-handed and ashamed before him. John wrote in 3 John uh, that he did not want to be ashamed at the coming of the Lord. He wanted to use the talent. He wanted to use the opportunities that God has given him. Now, there's a wonderful truth here. I want you to get a hold of the truth. And the truth is, if we will use the opportunities that we have in life, we can gain more. If we will take advantage of the opportunities God has given us to serve him, it will render to us blessing and multiplied blessing. If we don't use the talent or the opportunity we've been given, we'll lose that opportunity and it will be given to another. My purpose this morning is not to talk about material things. Uh, that certainly applies. Uh, uh, but I want to talk about spiritual things. Let, let, let me give you an illustration of what God has done in our church, and I think this is an illustration of what he's talking about here. When my wife and I came to Lexington in May of 1991, our church owned five acres of property, and there was 18 people in the first church service. On Sundays, we had about 35, and we went to work. 
Those of us that were here, and some of you here today were there in those days, and uh, we went to work. We went witnessing, soul winning. We won people to Christ. We gave out gospel tracts everywhere we went. We invited folks to church. We visited the sick. We prayed for one another. We rose early in the morning. We worked through the day, and we did that day after day, week after week, month after month. By May of 1992, 35 people had become 135. By May of 1993, it had become 235 and increased 100 a year for 20 years to the place of 2,000 people. God has then allowed us to help plant 45 churches. God has blessed our church. We're today on 80 acres of property. Our college is on 25 acres of property. Our camp is at 118 acres of property. And it was not because of receiving an inheritance. It was taking the opportunity that God had given to you and I and working to take advantage of that opportunity. And God multiplied it. And here we are today blessed at the hands of God. Now, all of us need to look individually at our lives and see what it is, what talents or what opportunities God has given to us and receive the challenge to use those opportunities. God wants to multiply them. You understand in the passage, he says, yes, I am a God that can reap where I haven't sown. I am. And, and that's not an excuse for you not to work. It's an excuse for you, a reason for you uh, to work even if you fail. I haven't lost anything. And if you, and if you fail at trying, at least you ought to try. That's what God is saying here. But today I want to give you five talents spiritually that God has given to all of us and I want to challenge us to use those talents for the honor and glory of God that he could increase our blessings. Before I give you these five, I want you to take your Bibles and go to Galatians chapter 2. You understand the Apostle Paul was Saul of Tarsus before his conversion. And when the Lord saved him, Saul gave himself to God. He gave himself completely to the Lord and he said, what will thou have me to do? God began to give Paul opportunity or talents as it's called in this passage of scripture to be able to serve God. And I want you to notice in Galatians 2 and verse number 20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Now look at these words. And the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Can I tell you there are folks, they've been born again, but they are not using the eternal life or the spiritual life God has given them. They're satisfied to have a fire excuse from hell and just to go to heaven, but God didn't save me and leave me here just so I could go to heaven. He left me here to use the talents and opportunities he has given me so he can bless my life. My life is blessed according to my obedience. Your Christian life is blessed according to your obedience. You may want to write them down, but I want to give you five talents that all of us have this morning that we can work and we can use to multiply God's goodness in our life. First of all, God has given us faith. Faith, F-A-I-T-H, the Bible says God has dwelt, God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. If you want great faith, use the faith that you have. 
You'll not have the faith of a Christian that's been saved 50 years in just five months, but God has given to every man a measure of faith. Number two, God has given to everyone the privilege of prayer. You and I can go to the throne of grace anytime we desire. We have been given uh, hundreds of promises that we can claim in the presence of God. Prayer is a talent. Prayer is an opportunity. And I would say every opportunity is also a responsibility. There was an expectation. Not only did he give them, uh, did he give them opportunity, he came back with accountability to see what they had done. One day I'll stand before God and I'll give an account to what I've done with my opportunity of prayer to God. Number three, I'm not preaching this, I'm just telling you what I'm going to preach. You're sitting there thinking, boy, if there's just five and we're on number three, we're just about ready to go get a cheeseburger. And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to preach and then I'm going to preach it and then I'm going to tell you what I preached, all right? Number three, the Word of God. The Word of God is an untapped source of wisdom, is an untapped source of power. The Word of God is an untapped source of principle that can guide and guard our life. I'll give an account as to what I have done with the Word of God when I stand before Him. Number four, I've been given the mind of Christ. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, the mind of Christ. Do you know it is work to think? I'm talking about to ponder to meditate, to figure out, to learn. And the more I think, the more positive, helpful thoughts I have and can increase. There's no need for our world to be dumbed down today when we have not only the Bible, but we have the mind of Christ. Let me give you the fifth thing, and that is of giving. I'm not talking about just of finances. I'm talking about the giving of time, the giving of life. Here are five talents. You say, I don't have all five talents. If you only have one, you can increase it. You can double it. You can enjoy life. And let me just go ahead and say right now, if what God has done for you does not give you gladness and joy in life, you can't be made happy. If what God's already done, he gave me life, he gave me eternal life, he gave me these three things, ought to have joy in the Lord. There ought to be a gladness in my heart today because of the things God's given to me. Let me talk quickly about these things. Abraham was a man of faith. Abraham began life with a promise from God. Abraham began with a promise, I'll make of thee a great nation, but every promise in the Bible is connected to a command. All of us want the promise, so few want to obey the command. But he said, I want to make you the father of a great nation, but I want you to leave your homeland. I want you to leave the Ur of the Chaldees. That is the first step in following me by faith. May I say that Abraham is considered one of the greatest men of faith, and it was not because he was given a great measure of faith. I believe Abraham was given the same amount of faith that you and I are given, but Abraham used his faith. He obeyed God. By faith, he obeyed and God blessed him and God increased his faith. You see, faith is not just for the good times. Faith in God is for the times of delay in our life. 
Maybe you're here this morning and God has delayed an answer. You've expected an answer. Uh, maybe it's in business. Maybe it's in family. Uh, maybe it's in education and, and you've been working and serving God, but the answer's been delayed. I want to say this morning, have faith in God. Abraham was promised a son and it came all the way to the day when it was impossible for him to have a son that God gave him a son. I say this morning, have faith in God. Use the faith you have to obey the commands that he has given. Have faith in times of delay. Have faith in times of anger. Have faith in times of disappointment. Have faith in times of blessing. The more Abraham exercised his faith in God, the more faith he had in God. I say this morning, do we have enough faith in God to obey his commands? It was faith in God that gave us salvation. Whosoever shall call, I called. I received him as my Savior. I went to him as a sinner in need of salvation. He didn't put me off for six weeks or six months, but he immediately, he answered his promise and he gave me eternal life. But salvation is not the end. Salvation is the beginning of a life of faith for the just shall live by faith. Not only are we saved by faith, we move forward in the Christian life by faith. Every promise in the book that we obey by faith, God awards and God rewards our faith by every command obeyed. We want to be faithful to God, keeping God first in our life, faithful to God in obeying the commands. Abraham was an example of a man that had just a promise. If you study the life of the family of Abraham and the place where he was, it was a sinful, it was a wicked place, but Abraham obeyed God in simple things. If we'll obey him, in our, if we'll obey him and exercise our faith, he will increase our faith. Sometimes we're discouraged by somebody that has great faith and we don't recognize they didn't get that great faith being born with faith. They exercised the little faith they had and God gave them more. I quickly move to the next illustration. Every Christian of greatness in the Bible was a Christian of prayer. Prayer is an essential part of our lives. Prayer expresses our faith in God. You know, you can say you have faith, but if you don't pray, you're not exercising your faith at all. Faith is telling God, I believe what you told me is true. Faith in God is like a child saying to their daddy, Daddy, you promised. Yes, but I'm out of time. I know it, but you promised, Daddy. But, but, but honey, I, I'm out of time. But daddy, you promised. That's what you said. You said that's what you're going to do. And how many times has a father done exactly what he said because a child said, but you promised. But the child of God oftentimes goes through life without claiming the blessings of God because they don't spend time in prayer. We ought to pray about everything. Prayer is an essential part of life. Prayer is a talent given to you. Prayer is an opportunity given to you. Call unto me, God said, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. The more we go to God in prayer, the more we'll see our prayers answered. There are some here this morning and there are some that are watching me. Uh, you're waiting for 15 answers to prayers and yet there are others that they have no expectation at all because they're not praying about anything. 
I'm amazed at how Daniel was an amazing man of prayer. I looked at the great prayers that were answered of Daniel. Do you know the king had a dream and asked Daniel to interpret the dream? I mean, it's an amazing thing how Daniel can get an answer to a king's dream from God. How do you have that great ability to pray, Daniel? How, how did you get to the place that you could ask about great things? I mean, you asked him what the king's dream was, and God told you. You know where I believe the answer is? The Bible tells us, of course, Daniel was a captive. He was taken from the land of Jerusalem to the place of Babylon. And in Babylon, they made a law that you could not pray except to the king. You couldn't pray. But the Bible says of Daniel that he opened his window toward Jerusalem three times a day. Wait just a minute. As he did before. You know where Daniel learned to pray great prayers? By beginning to pray simple prayers. Hey, children, look at me. Hey, kids, look at me. Learn to pray right now. Learn to pray right now. If you learn to pray, you'll learn to expect. If you learn to pray, you'll learn to expect. You need to learn that greater than your mom and dad is a God in heaven that loves you. And if you learn to pray and spend time with God in prayer, you go through life with every need, every need met and it will go beyond what you need. God will multiply the blessings of your life if you'll spend time in prayer. Daniel didn't start praying in Babylon. If you wait till you get in trouble to pray, you may not get the answers you need, but if you'll pray in the time of blessing, then God certainly will hear you in time of emergency. I love this. I'm thankful for the Word of God. This book, the Bible said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. This book right here is a talent that's given to me. I, 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 love, I love the Bible. I love the truths that we're learning this morning. One man was given five. One man was given two. One man was given one. The man that was given five, he worked until he had doubled that and he had ten. And the master said, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm thankful. I'm proud of you. The same of the man with two. And then the man with one, he said, Well, I was afraid. I didn't want to lose it. And then he said, I knew you could reap where you hadn't sown. Isn't it something how our excuses always reveal us as dishonest? If you knew that he didn't need you to work to increase the talent, why didn't you go ahead and try? You can't lose what belongs to God. Give it your best. I like that. I'm thankful for the Word of God. I'm thankful for the knowledge. This is given as a talent to me. There are often times I have fear in regards to preaching. You know the thing that helps me to overcome fear in preaching? It's not my job to give you my philosophies of life. It's my job just to take the Word of God and preach it as I find the truths that will help us. I'll tell you a story I told some time ago. I was talking to my wife about this yesterday. Sometimes we think I can do it. I can do it. I don't need God's help. I can do it. I'm reminded of the young man on a work site, on a construction site, who was always 
picking on, always razzing the older man that was on the job site with him. He said to the older man, anything you can do, I can do better. And he always thought that his strength was a lot better than the wisdom of the older man. Old man, he said, anything you can do, I can do better. Anything you can pick up, I can pick up double. Anything you can do, I can do twice as fast. One day after hearing the young man run his mouth day after day after day, he said to the young man, he said, what I can put in this wheelbarrow and push to the other side, you won't be able to push it back. He said, old man, let me tell you something. Anything you put in that wheelbarrow, I can put twice in it and wheel it back. He said, old man, load it up. And picked up the wheelbarrow and said to the young smart aleck, he said, get in. He picked the wheelbarrow up and he pushed the young man to the other side. He said, now double it and push it back. Can I tell you something? Knowledge is better than my strength and my ability. The answer is in the book. I said this morning, Christians are worried about a nation because they look at the symptoms. We look at rioters and we look at folks that are destroying property. We look at disrespect to police officers and we say, all that has to stop. We need revival. What causes that is a lack of righteousness among God's people. God said, I'll protect the people that will be uh, faithful to me, that will serve me. We learn in the word of God. I have folks say to me often, as I and, and I haven't traveled to preach this year very much, but for the last 20 some years I've traveled week after week, and oftentimes a question is asked, Brother Fugit, how do you stay on top side? How do you not get discouraged by all the things that we face in circumstances? And I tell them because I've read the Bible. We always win. No matter what the score is, God wins, righteousness wins. I'm on the winning side. I can't be beat. I'm going to give it my best in my life. only have one life to live. I'm not going to live it controlled in my emotions or my thinking by the media. I'm going to let the Word of God control my mind. Let this mind be in you thankful for the Word of God. Let me give you the fourth talent that you and I will give an account for, and that is our mind. Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What's he talking about? He's talking about the Word of God being received into my thinking. He's talking about me thinking as far as like Jesus did in humility before the Father, in surrender to the Father, as he said and as he lived, not my will, but thy will be done. Your mind can be replaced with God's mind. What a talent. What an opportunity God has given to us. Thinking, I love to meditate on the Word of God. Do you know... We look at what's going on in our nation and we oftentimes are worried and wonder what's going to happen. Can I tell you what's going to happen? This nation is going to continue and the world is going to continue in its wickedness until it returns to the days of Noah. That's what's going to happen. 
I don't want that to happen in my lifetime. I want to preach the Bible and righteousness and the blessings of obedience. I want to preach that, and I pray that our generation of Christians would see revival. I want that to happen, but eventually what's going to happen, the world is going to become so wicked, it's going to go back to being like it was in the days of Noah. I'll tell you what else is going to happen. God is going to judge this world for its sin. The rapture of the church is going to take place. We're going to be taken to heaven, and that could happen today. And what a wonderful and a joyful thought, the blessed hope, the return of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, But on this earth, there's going to be a seven-year tribulation period. Uh, After that time, there's going to be a judgment like has never been known to man. God's people are going to go to heaven to live for all of eternity, and Satan and those who follow him are going to go to a devil's hell. You understand, we know what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen. Let me give you the last thing, and I'm finished, and that's the matter of giving. Giving is a talent. I've never seen a selfish person that's a happy person. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about just money. In fact, most of you said if he's talking about money, he ain't talking to me. But there are many things that we can give. I was calling folks yesterday evening that are sick. I called one of our men in church and just asked, how you doing? He said, boy, I've had a rough time. And here's what he said. You don't know just what a telephone call means, Pastor. And he said, I thank you so much for praying for me and praying with me. Time. Time. Think about giving. When Peter and John came out or came to the temple, a beggar was there and he was begging for alms. He wanted money. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. Everybody here has what Peter had, the gospel of Christ. Now here's a message this morning. We've all been given talent. We've all been given opportunity. I'm not talking about material things. I'm not talking about financial things, though that can apply and does apply in this passage of Scripture. But I'm talking about spiritual things. This morning, God has given to you a measure of faith. What will you do with your faith in God today? Will you obey God and exercise your faith? You've been given the opportunity of prayer. You've been given the Word of God to know His Word. We can have, number four, the mind of Christ. And number five, we can have a giving heart. And you don't become a great giver by giving a lot. You become a great giver by giving continually and faithfully and meeting the needs of others. Many folks, what they need is just a smile, just an encouragement, just a word, just an encouragement. Isn't it something what a negative word does to discourage us? I don't want to be that person. I want to be the person that gives the encouraging word we can. Stand with me, if you will. You've listened well this morning. I'm very grateful for your attention. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. What are you doing with your talents? Before the master left, he said, here are talents, here are the opportunities. I'll be returning, and you'll give an account for what you've done. If you stood before Christ today, If you stood before God today and you gave an account for what you're doing with these five things, what reward would you receive? You're here this morning, you do not know Christ as your personal Savior. I would beg you, I would plead with you, trust Christ as your Savior today. You're here as a Christian, you're out of the will of God. You ought to commit, surrender, yield your life back to God. 
Perhaps there's a decision that you need to make. You need to make a decision to do the right thing with the talents you've been given. Somewhere between your seat and this altar, you ought to make that decision this morning. Heavenly Father, bless your invitation, I pray. But we use the talents that you've given us. Lord, may we live the life that you've given us. May we live it. We've received it. May we live it. In Jesus' name. Amen. As she